This is Your Own Best Company, a podcast for people who love to work alone. Hey everybody, it's Franklin Taggart. Uh, welcome to Your Own Best Company. Uh, the next few weeks I'm going to be doing some highlight reels uh, from the first season of the podcast. Um, I can't believe it's been almost a year since the podcast started. Um, this is a podcast that I designed for people who love working alone um, because I am one of them and I find that in the marketplace in general there just isn't a lot of, um, there's not a lot of content that's focused for people who really value solitude as much as they do making money. <laughs> so I thought, hey, why don't I put, why don't I put something together? And it's been a lot of fun, and it's been interesting to see the reaction of many people who scratch their heads and say, uh, you know, don't you want to have a team? No, I don't. I want to work alone. And that's what I wanted to make this podcast about, is for the people who love um, working in solitude. That's not to say that we don't love people and we don't need community. We, we certainly do. And this podcast is evidence of that as well. And I feel like that uh, the guests that I've brought onto the podcast have uh, have become valued members of my community, of both peers, professionals, and friends. Um, so over the next few weeks, I'm going to be releasing highlights in a couple of in three different areas. Uh, today's show, we're going to be talking um, about business highlights. Uh, next week, we're going to be looking at creativity highlights. And then the third week, we're going to be looking at personal development highlights. And we had some great insights in all three areas that I think you're really going to like. Um, so I'm really excited for you to see the highlights uh, from the, the first season of this podcast. Uh, the first person that we're going to showcase is uh, someone that I have grown to admire and respect very deeply. Kat Stancic is um, a powerful co combination of smarts and heart, and um, she brings uh, her talents to the fore with so many different amazing creative projects. Um, the one that I'm most familiar with is the podcast guest and host mixer that she does every month. Um, in addition to that, she also has some amazing resources for people who are looking to generate more leads for their business from the people who they already know. So let's get on with it. Here's Kat Stancic. Tell me a little bit about what the appeal to, uh, for you was to lead generation. I, I think it, it's one of those things of, um, I think a lot of us... <laughs> I, it, something funny is coming and I just it processed in my head faster than what I could say it. So that's what that was about. So <laughs> I think really entrepreneurs are people who want to process through therapy and traumas faster than the average human being. Right. Yes, and so we all do, yes. I, I'm really coming up with this like evidential based theory, essentially, that the more we process through something, the more we can put that as part of our communication, our business, the more we can allow the masses to be inspired and take action and in turn go through their own traumas and stuff like that. And so um, part of all of this was I, I do it because I was burned. Yeah. Right. Like people didn't tell me how to do it. People didn't open up the kimono kind of thing. And it's just, you know, honestly, I, I want, I want to believe in my clients the way that someone should have believed in me. Yeah. 
and then help them be able to tap into their own battery of belief so that they can then support other people in doing that. And that's the ripple effect yeah. that I want to play a part of. And a lot of my why has to do with really, you know, what I call is the only true mastery of success is time. So yes, what is t- if you can own your time and spend it the way that you want, the reflection that comes back is that you have a certain amount of income, you have a certain lifestyle that you're living, whatever it is, it doesn't matter if it's the private jet, I can fly first class, or I can just sit on my back porch and do whatever I want, whatever that looks like for the individual. But when you're able to master your time, you can be there for the people you love in the way that someone probably should have been there for you. The next segment features Danielle Lamon, and Danielle is an insurance agent in Aurora, Colorado. Um, Danielle talks a little bit about the motivation that she had for going into business for herself. Um, And she also, you know, in her episode, brought some great insurance insights for small business owners. So be sure to check that out as well. Here's Danielle Lamon. Now, what did you learn from the other agency that you were a part of that, that you wanted to do differently? I really have a passion for out in the community, which is what you were just talking about. And, and that was one of the things I went into becoming my own business owner is so that I can use my business as an outlet and I can make a difference in my community. So my agency provides me the income, some extra resources, um, money from different foundations that I'm able to therefore give back out in the community. And it was also important for me to be able to have the time that I could step away and volunteer as much as I wanted and have my team do that. So we do team volunteering projects. I do quite a bit and sit on a lot of boards. So that was just something different when you're working for somebody else. You you don't always get that freedom because they want you at your desk at a certain time. And um, being my own agent is one of those areas where I was like, no, this is actually how I want to run my agency and um, what speaks to my heart for being out and about in the public. Craig Cannings from Freelance University was my guest um, quite a while back now. And he brought a really great presentation on seven steps to becoming a successful freelancer. And in his first step, one of the things that he said that it's most important to do is to find your big why. And here's a little bit of his story about finding his big why. Let's let's talk now about the the seven keys to becoming a successful freelancer. Um, Absolutely. Well, let's start with number one. Take it from the uh, beginning. Yeah. So let's <laughs> and, and yeah, let's let's break it down. So if I was sitting across from you and you were aspiring to potentially start a freelance business and you weren't sure of all the details of what you would need to do, these would be some of the seven keys. And or maybe you're asking me that question: What is it going to take for me to do what you've done, Craig, or what your students have done? and building thriving businesses. Some of them have agencies now where they have many people working under them. How did they get there? Well, these seven keys will help you. And it, and I think we treat these more as a, as a roadmap uh, to your future freelance success. And so step number one is, is, is one that you'll hear a lot in all types of different businesses, but is to know your big why. Hmm. So when you come into the freelance space, it's important to understand, you know, what is the reason why you want to do this? Because if the reason isn't compelling, if the reason isn't something that will get you out of bed in the morning to do this, then the chances of you having long-term success kind of goes by the wayside, especially when you hit roadblocks or you experience moments of 
entrepreneurial adversity, which is part of the game. And if you don't realize that, you know, why you're doing what you're doing, you likely will crumble or quit because you'll be like, why did I sign up for this again? This is painful because it can be painful being your own boss and being an entrepreneur because we deal, we're the ones that have to deal with our own setbacks and the challenges that we face. And so, so I encourage people to go through an exercise of figuring out, you know, what is the underlying reason why you want to start a freelance business? You know, years ago, uh, you know, my wife, and this is going back, uh, probably 2007, um, she came, uh, was diagnosed with a critical illness um, at the time. And we had young children and, you know, my big why was centered around this idea that I recognized I couldn't work outside the home. And, and uh, I was driven by this, this idea that we need to be able to take care of our family. Kelly needs to be able to get better, but I need to be able to make the money for, you know, be able to generate enough revenues uh, in order for us to, kind of stay afloat. And so, so that was sort of my big why early on was just being able to be at home, make sure Kelly was okay. Uh, you know, the kids were okay and that we'd be able to like have the income, uh, that would allow us to move forward. Um, and so, so again, that big why has evolved over time. Now we're at a place, like, like I said, from the outset, we've worked with 20,000, it's probably more like 25,000 students now. And we've seen the impact that what we do has on their lives. We've seen it transform their livelihood. It's given them freedoms. It's given them new purpose, new confidence. And so, so now our big why is more centered around the, the impact that we get to have on people's lives every single day. It's what, it, what, it's what gets us excited about our business. It's what gets us excited to serve our clients. Mm -hmm. And so it's very important for you to figure out what is the motivation by which I'm, I, by why I'm decided to start this freelance business. That would be sort of step one. Early in the season, we had the pleasure of hearing from Steve Captain Hoff Hoffman from Founderspace.com. Uh, Steve had some really great insights on uh, some simple market research that business owners can do before they before they create a product, before they start a business, uh, they just to test their idea. So here's what he has to say all about that. Can you talk a little bit about? What kinds of research do people really need to do well when they're starting a business? There are a few things your audience should focus on when they're beginning a business. These are the most important things. Mm -hmm. So I say, if there's a new industry that you want to dive into, you shouldn't let that necessarily stop you because a lot of the most successful people in the world and companies that you hear about, they didn't necessarily know a lot about that business when they dove in. They actually learned it along the way. And because of that, they started breaking rules that that business usually does. And that actually, their, their ignorance gave them an advantage. They weren't constrained by what everybody else was doing. They're like, well, we could do it differently. And there's this new technology or this new tool we could use to actually deliver more value to the customer. Yeah. That is one thing. The other thing is, what should you do first? Like you're thinking of starting a business, where do you begin? Well, I always say, don't begin with what's in your head. Like whatever idea is in your head is just an idea in your head. It may be great, it may not be great, but you honestly don't know. You just, you probably think it's great because it's your baby, your idea, and you want to believe in it, but you need to keep an open mind and you need to begin to 
test out this idea. What you're looking for is external validation, not internal, not yourself saying, oh, this is the best idea ever, or your friends agreeing with you because they're going to agree with you if you go out to beers or whatever. They're going to say, oh, that sounds really cool. What you want is your customers. Who are your potential customers? Who is actually going to pay you money for this idea? Yeah. And do they think it's an amazing idea? Are they, you know, I honestly say to anybody who's thinking of starting business, go out, find a hundred potential customers and talk to them. If they all say, wow, that's nice. Come back later when it's ready. You know, at that point that you are going to fail because everybody will tell you that's nice. Come back later. It's a way of getting rid of you. They don't <laughs> want to deal with you bothering them about your business. So they're polite. That's nice. Come back later when it's ready. And they just want to move on. What you really need to hear to know that you have something is when customers turn to you and say, oh my God, that's amazing. Like, can I have it now? What can I do to get it? Can I give you some money? Can I be the first one? If you hear those words, you probably have something. And especially if you hear those words from multiple people over and over, you get a pattern. Doesn't have to be everybody. Not everybody's going to go crazy over your idea. Yeah. But you have to look out there and say, are there enough of these people out there in my market to get me where I need to go? The next highlight features Tracy Burnett. Tracy's a LinkedIn expert who helps people um, to tighten up their message and their presence on LinkedIn uh, to, to get new customers uh, from their interactions on LinkedIn. In this segment, she talks about knowing your avatar and and using their language to get your message across with all of that said uh, i'll make sure that i heard the three things correctly that you know the audience that you're trying to reach that you're really clear on that that you have a really really good message to offer them that is going to you know really bring them in and then the third thing is that you just need to have your sales game together. Is that what I'm hearing correctly? Yeah. So, so you so you need to get clear on your market, have a tight niche, have an avatar. You, I, you know, a lot of people say, "Oh, I know all this," <laughs> but actually, when you dig deep, it can be so much better. And then, in terms of language you use, which I'm quite adamant about, that not only do you have to deeply understand their problems and understand what their dreams and goals are, but you need to understand how they express them and the words and the language that they use. So you need to get inside their heads. So I regularly research my audience because yeah. uh, I want to know what they say, because what I say, what I say to myself is, 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 is not going to be the same as what they say. So how I always talk to my clients about it is to say, what are your clients saying to themselves when they're laying in bed worrying about their life or their business? Yeah. And, you know, if you research and talk to your ideal avatar, then you're going to get those answers directly. And it is surprising what comes up. Yeah. The, the message really starts before the Google search, doesn't it? Yeah. It's like you really want to get into the room where they are right before the Google search happens and find out what's going on there. Exactly. And I think once you, you know, this is a process and it is a step-by-step -step process. You can't take it out of, out of, out of order really, yeah. because once you know about the, you know, once you know who your avatar is, let's use that for shorthand, 
then you know you know how to create what I call a client magnetizing marketing message because you're using their language, you're talking about the you know main challenges they have and, and where they want to go, where they want to be. So they really need to resonate with that message. So that, you know, because you're going to have that or derivative of that, you know, everywhere online and um you know, you need to live it and breathe it. So it needs to resonate and it needs to compel them to take action. Jason Van Orden is the next person that we're going to hear from. And Jason, uh, along with Michael Roderick, hosts a monthly podcast guest and host mixer uh, that I've been a part of and have benefited from greatly. Um, Jason is a longtime digital business and marketing um expert. He comes by his expertise through experience, and he's really a well-known authority on a lot of areas. Um, In this particular episode, we were talking mostly about online courses, but I also asked him to share about the origin of this great mixer that he hosts every month. So yeah, these these networking mixers, and I like to specify these are not your usual boring uh, networking mixers where you're just like, no. here's what I do, here's my thirty second pitch, you know, or whatever. Um, that we really structure it to create meaningful connections and help you, you know, find people. That's like, yeah, I want to genuinely follow up with that person and see if we can collaborate, or you know, I can go on their podcast or whatever the case may be. So the the origin story of that, I mean, it was a combination of a couple of things. So I co-hosted him with a friend of mine, Michael Roderick. Um, and we just, you know, we always like collaborating. So we had been a while since we'd collaborated on something. So we just had that in the back of our heads. Of like, let's find the back of our head. Like, let's, let's find something we could collaborate on a project. Um, and then at the same time, at the beginning of the year, I had set my, a goal of, you know, this year, I really want to focus even more on expanding my network deepening relationships with my network and adding continuous value to my network. Um, now, in addition, and this is this is what I call a technique when I work when I do business strategy with my um, clients. So it's like, hey, here's the goal. And what's the like, what's the tactics or the things that we're going to reach that goal? I try to find one thing that can further three or four or five goals all at the same time. So yeah. Already it was like, I get to work with Michael, which I wanted to do, um, deepening and expanding my network. Another thing is I've actually gotten leads for my business because at the end we do these, uh, a set of rooms that people can just go you know, on topic and then go to whichever topic room, breakout room they want. Hey, they want to discuss this, okay, over there. And Michael and I each do our own room on our own topic. And yeah. just last night there was one you attended and I did a room about online courses. Yeah. And so people have this moment where they get to get a little coaching from you, get some, and that gives them a feel for, and and just last night in that, you know, 20 minute session where people came into my room to talk, you know, there was a woman who said, yeah, we need to follow up. I think I might need your help on this. Right. So it's a lead generation thing for me as well. Yeah. <clears throat> and then the last thing is, I think it's just a good it, well, on, kind of on a sub thing of, of both lead generation as well as deepening and expanding your network is it's good to have these value adds, these these hooks that you can um, that you can refer to as you're meeting people. So I'm on LinkedIn, LinkedIn quite often and I'll bump into people or, you know, I do presentations like this sometimes live where I meet a bunch of people who've seen me do the presentation and I want to follow up with those people. And we've all had that experience where you go to a, a meetup or a mixer, a conference. And like, there's these people you generally like, Hey, it would be cool to connect with them, but then neither of you do. And you're kind of, you're not sure what the right way to connect or, and then it just kind of like nothing happens. And then it's, and then it just seems weird to, to reach out to them again. So I love having this, this thing that I'm doing on a regular basis 
basis that offers value, at least to most of the people that I meet in my network. And so if I just did a presentation and there are these six people that I connected with over the next week and I can go, you know, connect with them on, not just send a connection on LinkedIn, but then say, hey, it was great to meet you. By the way, I'm doing this thing next week or next month that you might interest you. Here's the place to register. And then when they show up, they get a lot of value out of attending that. And then the final thing, and this is stacking the ROI even more, is if you are a connector of people and, you know, when people show up to that and see Michael and I, uh, with all these people that we've invited that have showed up for it and they're these quality people who in their own rights have done amazing, interesting things like yourself, then, you know, that immediately just by association bolsters my own personal brand. It's like, wow, Jason and Michael, they know all of these people. There's a certain credibility and authority that comes with that, right? So it's good for yeah. my brand. Dr. Jürgen Strauss was my guest um, not long ago. And he was celebrating the 500th episode of his podcast, the Innova Buzz podcast. Um, he is uh, the, the founder and CEO of uh, Innova Biz, which is um, uh, a company that helps people to uh, make their marketing more human. And podcasting is a central part of that for him. Um, in this particular uh, clip, he was talking about how to systematize your marketing, but still keep it human. If you want to find more out about Jorgen, you can find it at innovabiz.com.au. And essentially, we help people systemize their marketing, their podcasting, their content creation in a way that gets really clear about that message up front and who their audience is and starts to build that really deep connection and then we have a series of steps that are all around beginning a conversation with the right people so it's not you know the next step is not okay I know I know what I've got I know my strengths I know what the who the audience is I know what their needs are now I'm going to go out and sell them on this that's not the next step the next step is starting the conversations in places where they are so that might be on social media that might be on podcasts that might be in, in a video channel, that might be in, in events, whether virtual or live events, um, that might be at exhibitions, what, wherever they are. Yeah. And starting conversations and then nurturing those conversations with the right people to the point where something might happen further. So the whole customer, uh, the whole customer journey from when they first get to know you, start to build that like and trust um, platform and then going on to deliver an exceptional experience where essentially that's that's the sale and the the experience they have of the product and in the case of the podcast the the podcast experience whether it's a guest on the podcast or whether it's the audience listening yeah and then we the the kind of closing the circle of the flywheel is the um follow up maintaining the the and continuing to nurture that relationship such that because they already know you and like you and they've had exceptional experience with you when you launch new products they're likely to be the first people that are interested and and are going to make a decision to buy mm -hmm. and then also the referral so that referral engine of who else do you know that needs this service or that could come on my podcast and then the final step that closes the circle is to continually look at improvement what can we improve there it's also a celebration step so um, 
you know, I'm sort of basking a little bit in the celebration of 500 episodes of the Innova Buzz podcast. We often don't take time to celebrate what we have achieved and where we've come um, on our journey. Yeah. At the same time, of course, reflecting on what can be improved, uh, systemizing the things. How can we? How can we um, bring people on board to help run this? What's my key role in this system now? And how can we automate some stuff? But at the same time, while we automate that, keeping everything human and keeping that deep connection. Brittany Murphy is a website and SEO marketing specialist from Kentucky who is here to talk to us about five things that you can do to improve your ability to be found on Google search uh, through both SEO and content and um, a few little tricks that she uses with her customers. Kind of everybody needs to know at the very beginning of this, the specialty things to focus on is it's definitely our website. I mean, obviously with marketing, we know that's our online pamphlet of what we do, but that's where you're trying to convert anybody who knows about you, whether they have just found out about you or knew about you already, enough information for them to actually call or submit a contact form and kind of go through there. So we always focus on the website, making sure it converts well, but the actual content we have on those websites is where that SEO comes from. That's where we call that content marketing side. And when you really dig down into it, at the end of the day, the biggest things are making sure your website's optimized correctly. It's broken up and laid out correctly. We focus on the local side of what you do. And then ongoing wise, it's really all about creating more content and creating more links and, and more content and more links and more content and more links. That's really what Google is grading all of us on at the end of the day is how much good resource we're putting out there for their visitors who are typing in these different keywords to hopefully find your article when it comes down to the day. My friend Allison Prophet is a great coach um, for for business owners who want to up their sales game, uh, among other things. She's also the founder uh, and the host of the uh, Soulful Entrepreneur Summit, uh, which is an, an ongoing community online um, for entrepreneurs who, who want to, you know, see their business as um, an expression of their soul or their soulfulness. Here's Allison to talk a little bit about why people are intimidated by selling. There is this hesitation to put ourselves out there. There's this fear of it being egotistical and boastful. And a lot of people feel as though selling might actually be something that doesn't align with their values of being humble or being honest or being in integrity and things of that nature. And that's actually the first place I start. I know I'm maybe getting a little bit ahead of myself, but those are the things that, that people often say in the conversation around why they don't like selling. They're afraid that somebody's going to perceive that they're not in line with their values and they're pushy, slimy, sleazy, whatever the case may be. And it's all about really flipping the script. So if, if you really think about it, sales is just an act of your top value. So for me, connection is one of my core values. Sales is an act of connection. For some of the people listening, it might be service. So mm -hmm. sales is just an act of service. If it's integrity for you, sales is an act of integrity. Because in the course of a conversation, if you hear that somebody 
has challenges and you know you have a solution, you can be in integrity knowing that you can, in good faith, offer that solution. And maybe if you thought about, would you actually not be in integrity by holding back on a solution that could help that person solve their problem? So there is a lot of that changing the story inside of yourself. If you don't want to be slimy, sleazy, pushy, you will not be. Adela Marcy was my guest uh, early on, on in the podcast. And uh, Adela is one of the most well-known copywriters um, in the digital marketing realm and advertising. Um, he brought a lot of great insights on how to structure messages um, for greater results in terms of marketing and sales. And more, more than anything else, just helped us to really understand clarity in our messaging. In this clip, um, he, he brings, uh, brings out, um, an interesting approach to constructing a call to action. And the close is really simple. It's you've made the argument of what they need to get, what they're getting. You've given the testimonials and then you get to the price. So you do the price reveal, you justify it. And this is the close. So. Here's what you do next. I want you to click the order button where you'll be taken to my secure checkout page, where all you have to do is enter your regular details and complete your investment today. Once you've done so in the next 15 minutes or so, you'll receive an email from me that will have your login details. Go in, log in, and get started right away. It'll be that simple. Mm-hmm. And then you go into your guarantee. Now, the part that really doesn't trigger, the, that triggers, uh, that bypasses the credit card response is enter your regular details. Yeah. The reason is because it's a, I didn't realize it was this until years later. It's a heavy duty, super loaded psychological, like pipe bomb in someone's brain. Because what you're doing is enter. Enter has three meanings. Enter, walk through a, a door. Secondly, press the enter key, like the return key. Enter as in go into. Yeah. You're me, personalized. I understand that you're talking to me. So walk through me, me walking through door. Okay, regular. I do this every day. It's no fair. I do this on Amazon. I do this on like my online shopping. It's all 100% regular. I do it all the time. Details. Yeah. Vague enough, but also specific enough to say that details I enter regularly. What are details I enter regularly when I buy something? My credit card details, my shopping details, my address. I enter all those details whenever I walk through a door. So I'm going to walk through the store, go to a secure page that I know is 100% secure, where I can give someone the exact details of what's going to happen. And the next sentence is you'll receive an email in 15 minutes with your invoice and your logins. That right there is the cincher because that means that when they go through the the portal, they don't go, oh my God, I just bought something. I don't know what's happening. What's going to go on? Where's my money? How am I going to get there? They're going to receive an email in 15 minutes. They're going to go check that email address and be like, okay, it's in the spam folder. It's in this folder. I've got it here. I've got my stuff. I'm ready to go. The last guest we're going to feature on this highlight reel is Sophie Zolman, AKA Sophie Zoe. And Sophie is an online business manager, um, who has a really unique, uh, agency that offers, um, business management and marketing services, uh, to busy solopreneurs and small businesses, uh, particularly in the digital realm. Um, she brings a lot of insight on how to put a team together, and that is what this last clip is all about. 
I was if 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 we were if I wasn't eating, sleeping, or doing client work, I was on social media, and I was just I was having conversations, I was engaging, I was following people, I was talking to them, I wasn't just liking their posts. This is back before engagement was really the key to organic yeah. growth, um, and that's just what I did. I had conversations, and I talked to people, and I you know it was just. It was who I was. I mean, I'm that kind of a person anyway. I'm an outgoing person. I like to meet people. I like to talk to people. And, um, you know, and I just I just made the time, spent the time getting to know people, including other virtual assistants at the time, to be able, because right after I started the business, I did have a, a coach at the time. And she told me, you know, initially I was I was just referring stuff I didn't do to those people. And she was the one, she's like, why are you doing that? ask them to be on your team, you hire the client and you just assign the work to them and let them do the work. So that's it for the first round of highlights from the first season of Your Own Best Company. Um, I wanna just uh, express my appreciation to the people who listen to this podcast. Um, your time and attention are valuable and the fact that you're choosing to spend any of it with me uh, is deeply appreciated and is a real honor. In the next highlight reel that we're going to be seeing, um, we're going to be hearing from people about their creative process. Um, that'll, that'll be our next, uh, our next podcast next Friday. And as always, Saturday through Thursday, I do a short coffee break video that uh, is just a little bit about what's whatever is crossing my mind that particular day. Most of the time they, most of the time the coffee break videos come out of the conversations that I have uh, with people through the week. Um, but I'd like to ask you to join me for any and all of these. The nice thing is, is that they're all available through the same channel, which is your own best company with Franklin Taggart at any podcast hosting um, channel that you use. You also can find me on YouTube and I'm available on Spotify as well. I most recently added Amazon Music and Audible to the places where this podcast can be found. So if you use any of those for uh, listening to podcasts, I appreciate you subscribing. And if you have a minute to leave a review, I appreciate that too. Thanks for listening, and I will be back with you again tomorrow. Thanks for listening to Your Own Best Company. If you enjoyed the show, would you do me a favor and subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcast host? If you really love it, leave me a review or share it with your circles. If you feel like your career is reaching a dead end or you're feeling a deep sense of dissatisfaction in your work right now, I help people discover their gifts and then find or create new opportunities that are the best fit for their talent, experience, and lifestyle. Email me at coaching at franklintaggart.com for more information. I also help people start, finish, and launch creative projects, and I offer an ongoing marketing mastermind for solopreneurs and freelancers. More information on these programs and services can be found at franklintaggart.com. Thanks again for spending this time with me.